Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022, and this is day 1617 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So, let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. There is none like you. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet rest that you give us, for rejuvenating us, for keeping us, our stamina up and keeping us going and and uh, sharing the word of God with others. Help us, Lord, to continue to show unconditional love to one another. And as you have done through your love and giving us, sacrificing your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, so that we can have life more abundantly, so that we can have life with you for eternity. I thank you so much, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so, so very much for tuning in. Today's message is a thief in the night, a thief in the night. And we're coming out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You know what it's like. Thieves come at night. They come unexpectedly. They come when usually no one is around. Many times they're already plotting as to when they can break into certain places. And that is what we're going to talk about today. I'm not going to give it away. (laughs) It is very important, though. Paul is speaking here uh, and sharing with us what it will be like on the day of the Lord. All right. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 1. He says, now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So the rapture will take place. And it does not speak of the word rapture in the Bible, but that means caught up in the air with Jesus. We do not know the day or the hour, and neither does Jesus know. Only God knows. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. And he, I, I just visualize him saying, now, Father, now do I go now, Father? <laughs> And God is saying, not yet, son, not yet. There is still some that have not accepted you as their savior. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on those. And he is so merciful, has so much grace. And every ear will hear about Jesus and have the opportunity to be saved before his return. But it's a a choice. And people have the choice. So they may hear and and deny and not want to receive him. And then they may hear and receive him. It's totally up to each individual. So the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly. As labor pains on a pregnant woman, they will not escape. So there is a time coming where there will be 
punishment, both punishment and blessings. Christ will judge sin and set up his eternal kingdom. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. So he's saying, brothers and sisters, he's talking about fellow believers. This should not surprise us. You are children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breast breastplate. Mm, that's so powerful. That's like that armor of God. You know, we have to have our full armor of God on. And he's saying, be sober, being alert. Don't be drunk. Drunkenness is a is a door that the enemy comes through to keep us um, inactive, to keep us uh, ineffective uh, in fulfilling the purpose that God has given us. We're not fully in our right minds when we're drunk. Uh, we're not able to truly hear and uh, execute what God is giving us to do. So putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. See, and in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about putting on our helmet of salvation. Paul speaks of this same armor and uh, putting on a breastplate of righteousness. Verse 9, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I believe that this is talking about the tribulation, that he did not appoint us to suffer through the seven-year tribulation that is going to come up on the earth, and it will be the most horrific thing that has ever happened in eternity. Uh, people uh, will be surprised. We're saying they're noticing the environment, the earth you know, everything is diminishing and uh, drying out and the earth will be destroyed. So this is like the beginning process that we're seeing now, but it is going to be totally destroyed. And uh, in Peter, it talks about uh, the the world will be destroyed. The earth will be destroyed by fire this time and not by a flood. So understanding that we're seeing some of the things happening now. Well, this is nothing like what it will be during the seven-year tribulation when the various plagues will be poured out upon the earth. And this is something that has to take place. It's, you know, God is saying I'm, he's make, doing a cleansing and, and he's giving people ample time to accept him. Uh, but again, it's a choice. And um, he's saying, so he will save us from the, uh, uh, the suffering and the wrath um, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. So he's talking about those who are still living that are awake and those who are asleep are dead. So he's saying those that are already saved that are dead, they too will be caught up in the air to be with him. They are what he's calling asleep. And if, you know, you read... Uh, First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 13 through verse eight, 18, chapter 4, uh, Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, it talks about those who are dead. 
and uh, how they will be risen and they will rise up first before those of us who are alive. And then we who are alive will be caught up after that. It's going to happen so quickly. Uh, like you said, like a thief in the night, it happens in a blink of an eye so quickly. And then, uh, so um, then verse 11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. It is very important uh, that we keep in mind <laughs> that we get weak sometimes and we need to encourage one another. Point number one, someone broke into our old church uh, that I had gone to, Good Samaritan Christian Center. I'd gone to that church for 14 years. It was my parents' church and uh, was there and God sent me there after being at my old church for 27 years and to go and be a servant and help them in any way. And out of the 14 years being there, <clears throat> we always, we did outreach and serving others and, you know, those that were in need. And, and it was just, uh, just an amazing, wonderful time in ministry doing outreach. I always wanted to do outreach and, uh, and I still do, um, you know, through the mission that God has given me through, uh, transition zone through our nonprofit. But anyway, back to the story. So we, um, the last year I was there, which was the April was my last month there. Uh, the first of the year, uh, someone broke into the church and <clears throat> we did not have a lot of activity going on there since we were doing church through Zoom most of the time <clears throat> over Zoom because of, you know, the plague and everything. So someone, and we found out it was someone we knew that we had been helping, uh, broke into the church at least three times within a week's time. And we we got in, we went in, uh, my son actually went in <clears throat> first uh, to go and drop something off. And, and uh, we didn't even notice right away until we needed to turn on, let's say, the sound system. And it was no longer there. Then we began, you know, like, well, first of all, my, my son said, hey, did you all move anything or take anything out? And we were like, no. And so we went down and then we began investigating and noticed so many other things were missing. It took us a while to find the entry and exit points that they use because nothing looked tampered with. Then the Lord showed us something. I mean, it, it was so subtle because we have metal doors on the church. And uh, it was almost like Fort Knox. <laughs> it was just literally hard to get in. Except for within the metal doors were two little oblong windows uh, filled in with plexiglass. And they were able to chisel through there to just slide the plexiglass out uh, or lift it up and put their hand in through that little window and unlock the door from, you know, they, they were able to sneakily do that, all right? And they uh, would remove the plexiglass and then put it back. And once they were done, they would put, again, the glass back, but leave the door uh, we noticed that they were leaving out the back door. 
and they when we and that one was fully metal and full no window um and they would leave it unlocked and it had no handle on the outside of the door just on the inside so they they would leave it to where they could get back in oh, no they would shut it all the way that's they would shut it all the way and then come back in through the plexiglass one day when our and I shared this when my son came by, he noticed this. And, and um, that's how um, the, this situation that took place, sorry, I can hardly read my own notes. <laughs> but we began to look around for certain things as needed and notice so many things were taken. Uh, even some of our things that we used for transition zone, you know, uh, were stolen. And the Lord showed me that that is how it's going to be when Jesus returns. We will, some people may not even notice that Jesus had come and that many people are missing. And and there will probably be a lie over the news saying, people have been taken away by Martians. I, I'm just saying, you never know. And just to help people continue to believe a lie. And that is why we must live every day in expectation of his return. We should be prepared at all times. If he were to return today, would you be ready? Are you doing what he called uh, you to do? It's not simply about, oh, let me just make sure I'm ready, you know, uh, for the end and uh, make sure I'm not sinning. That is important as well. But we also need to be doing the work that he's giving us to do, whatever that is, uh, because heaven is our ultimate goal. But we also have to be obedient while we're here on earth, fulfilling the purpose that God has given us, whatever that is. And every one of us have one. And you may think, oh, well, my purpose isn't that important. I want to be doing something that everyone else is doing and these big things that look big to you. Your purpose might be, as your children are growing up, raising them up, just like the word says, you know, um, in admonition of the Lord, understanding, you know, how to live uh, the way God would have them to live, ministering to your children. That is such an important ministry right there (laughs) that I remember Creflo Dollar's wife, her name uh, is Lois. And I remember her writing a book and I didn't read the whole book, but I remember reading some of it and she had, you know, I think it was Creflo Dollar's wife. I I could be wrong. It might. I'm sorry. I could be another minister's popular minister's wife. Yep. 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 I think it's another minister's uh, wife. Anyway, I apologize (laughs) and I can't think of his name right off. But um, yeah, he's really big in Texas. And uh, anyway, she wrote, and she she has since passed on, but I remember her writing about uh, how her husband, you know, got into ministry and how she too had gone to college for ministry and was ready to get out and start doing what God wanted her to do. And God said, your ministry is to teach your children. That's your audience. And that is exactly what she did. 
And she did first thought, well, Lord, I, I thought I was, she, he said, no, that is your ministry, raising your children up in the Lord, teaching them those values of God and uh, how to live and walk in accordance with the word of God. You just never know. When my kids were younger and God had, I was driving the church van <laughs> and they were younger, they went with me everywhere I went. Uh, and they too were in the ministry. We were picking up other kids and they're laughing and talking with them and playing while I was in choir practice. They too were there. Wherever I was in doing ministry and in church, they too were there and they grew up in the church. They saw everything. My husband uh, got saved, but he chose not to come to church every week, but it was okay. You know, after about 30 years, he's in full force. <laughs> and doing what God would have him to do. Uh, and my kids are all grown in their uh, 40s, uh, two of them, and my youngest's birthday is next week, and she'll be 38 or 39. Uh, but yeah, so we don't despise whatever that is God is giving you to do uh, and continue doing it as he's given it to you to do. And as you near the end of a long race, your legs ache, your throat burns, and your whole body cries out for you to stop. This is point number two. This is when friends and fans are most valuable. Their encouragement helps you push through the pain to the finish line. And in the same way, believers are to encourage one another. You know, we a word of encouragement offered at the right moment can be the difference between finishing well and collapsing along the way. So how can we be like a Barnabas? Barnabas in the Bible, his name meant encourager. How can we encourage others? And, you know, we see it all around us. And, and I get so much encouragement from many of you. And it means so much to me. It helps me to continue to press on. I'll never forget when I was, uh, I went to hear this minister speak many years ago at Bartle Hall. And uh, and so he, uh, while being there, it was like thousands, you know, or I would say hundreds of people there. I'll say hundreds of people there. and And it was really, really good. And I left and I went to the parking lot to get my car and I ran into a friend and, and she said, will you give me a ride home? We laughed and talked I'm like, sure, sure, sure. And so we get to my car. It was hard to find the car. First of all, all these cars in the parking lot. And I noticed that my glass was broken. My window was broken. And I thought, wow, what happened here? And there's glass on the ground. And, and then I get in the car and, and, uh, you know, things were ransacked and, you know, they, whoever broke in took change. There was just some change in the car. And I noticed also that no one else's car looked broken into. I'm looking all around me. I didn't see any other glass anywhere else. And it's like, what is this? And so my friend and I get in the car and I began to take her home. And, and the one thing that I always would do when driving, especially at night, I would always have my windows up with the air on or the heat on, whatever time of the year it was. And this time, with that window broken out, I couldn't do that. And I was driving through, you know, um, the inner city where 
uh, God ended up my church was all, I was always in the inner city and what I call the hood, the hood, right? I was always in the hood. We grew up in the hood and, <laughs> and our churches, the church I attended for 27 years was in, you know, right in the urban core. And so was the one God was positioning me for to go to at my parents' church on 21st and Prospect. And driving past, even from downtown, and I took Prospect, and, and driving through the town and driving past even the church that I had not started going to yet, um, God said, this, I heard sounds that I, let me go back, I heard sounds that I had not ever heard before. I heard people yelling. I heard people cussing at each other. I heard people, you know, like literally uh, laughter. I heard fighting sounds. It just things that I had not ever heard before because I always had my windows up. And God said, this is where you're going to be. This, these are the people you're going to serve. And, I'm, and I got that message while taking my friend home who lived, you know, uh, right in the urban core as well. And I thought, okay. And shortly thereafter, within a month, that is when God gave me the message to move on to my parents' church. And then we began. They said, I said, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm here to serve you. What do you want me to do? And they said, what do you want to do? <laughs> And I said, well, we don't have a Wednesday night service here, so can we do that? And they liked, They said, sure. And so I said, well, you know, they had people that came on Sunday, but they, those same people didn't want to come on Wednesday. I said, so where are the people? They said, you need to go get them. So we began to walk the neighborhood, and I created flyers that didn't sound churchy. I didn't say, come to church. <laughs> I said, we're your neighbors, and we want to get to know you. And uh, please stop by for a meal and, uh, and, you know, the word of God. And we would always have a free meal every Wednesday night. And we did that for the whole 14 years I was there. And we found people sitting on their porches, drinking, getting high, whatever. People sitting on their porches, reading their books. People sitting in cars and trucks. And God said, give them the flyer. And we met many people uh, going through the neighborhood over and over for a few weeks. And then Wednesday nights, on that Wednesday night that we began, people came. And uh, then more and more and more. And many souls were saved. And many people changed their lives. They were no longer in darkness. They were children of the light. And it was an amazing time. There were lots of struggles. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. And there were many, 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 many blessings that outweighed the struggles. It was always so well worth it. And I have so many stories, so many people that are still in my heart that I encountered that have passed on that are now with Jesus. And I'll always treasure those moments in my heart. And because it helped me to be who God wanted me to be, gave me even more of a solid foundation and able to serve many other people of all backgrounds. I am so grateful for those times. What about you? What has God called you to do while you wait on his return? We must be active. 
Whatever that is. Is it making phone calls to encourage people? Is it sending out cards to people to encourage them? You know, is it uh, singing? You know, is it dancing for the Lord? What is it that God is giving you to do? Get busy while you wait on his return. And now the key is to know Jesus as your savior because you don't want to be left behind. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And please uh, check us out on Transition Zones website, which is tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and human and sex trafficking awareness. Please check us out. Become a partner. Uh, Pray for us. Uh, We appreciate your encouragement and your support. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.